Not every film can be Citizen Kane, but even critics have claimed that it was shit in its day. Some films are shit and shit they will stay, but some get better over time because of Nicolas Cage. So which film stays shit forever? And which one's got a little bit better? Second chance movies. No poor bloods were harmed in the making of this podcast. Welcome to Second Chance Movies, the podcast where we rewatch movies and decide if they deserve a second chance. I'm Joe Harper, your host who loves rewatching movies and enjoys a good game of baseball. I'm Jessica Quaz, your host who's a one and done kind of movie viewer who thinks the NFL is toxic and doesn't get why America loves football so much. And today we will be giving a second chance to the blind side ah, ah touchdown guys football football so the reason we're doing uh of course the blind side today is because it's a, a series of our oscar movies we're doing another oscar movie this was nominated for best picture back in the 2010 oscars and boy there was a lot of good selection there and this was one of those ones that baffled a few people why was this in the nomination list because there's way better things out there. Um, and hey, we're giving it a shot. Um, let's try it out, you know? Yeah. And of course, Sandra Bullock won Best Actress for this role, which again is like, huh, okay. Um, I think this is why that movie got so much attention. Uh, yes. As we all know, Sandra Bullock from Miss Congeniality. Do you know what today is, Joe? Today is a perfect day. Why is that? Um, because it's April 25th. Oh. It's not too hot, not too cold, and all you need is a light jacket. Describe your perfect date. It's a tough one. <laughs> um, I'd have to say April 25th, because it's not too hot, not too cold. All you need is a light jacket. <laughs> It's perfect. We are releasing it on today, the unofficial Miss Congeniality Day. It so happened that that lined up so perfectly. We did not plan this. And I'm not telling the wife. She's going to have to hear this on her own. And she's she loves quoting that all the time. It's a, it's a funny quote. I love that movie. It still gets me. And today is also Oscar Sunday. So we are releasing one of the most baffling Best Picture nominations on the actual day of 2021's awards show. So... There you go. I want to hear our first time. Sure. So my first time watching this, uh, pretty underwhelming. I don't think I saw it. I don't know if I saw it in theaters or not. I definitely didn't like watch it alone. I probably watched it with like my mom or something. Okay. Um, and I don't remember it too, too much. I do remember thinking like, oh yeah, that's fine. And I'm sure I got a little choked up because I get like really emotional and cry a lot when I watch movies. Um, but yeah, I, I don't remember feeling one way or the other about this movie. It was just like, yeah, that's fine. I did remember, I think I watched it like either after the Oscar nominations were announced that year or after she won, I'm not sure. Right. Um, but I do remember watching it being like, Oscar, Oscars? Okay. Okay. I think I missed out on theaters. 
I think I saw it on DVD with the family. It had to have been after all, it was either right after or right before the awards. And so when we watched it, I mean, it's it's a feel-good movie. There's a lot of good stuff in it. Um, and so I think we liked it, but it, it didn't like blow my mind away because um, I haven't seen it in 10 years. Yeah, same here. I hadn't seen it since around the time it first came out. And I um, watch everything twice almost. You, you do? I don't know where I find the time. <laughs> All right, guys. We're going to go over the summary with you from IMDb. The story of Michael Orr, a homeless and traumatized boy who became an All-American football player and first-round NFL draft pick with the help of a caring woman and her family. Uh, do you think that describes this movie well? I do not. <laughs> I don't think I don't think so either, because I think him being the first-round NFL draft pick is not an important part of this story. It's one of those things that like I would read in a text in the credits like oh turns out michael or was the first round draft pick oh that's so cool right um yeah i have issues with it too because it frames it as it's like michael Orr's story and i'll get into my thoughts on that later um but no i would definitely just explain this movie as a white savior complex porn that's like what it is <laughs> wow yeah wow when i think of this movie i just instinctively think oh sandra won a sandra bullock won an oscar for this she adopts a poor kid and then there's a mix of football white privilege and, and christianity and that's that's that movie rolled up in a big old snowball yeah all that's in there so uh before we continue there are always spoilers probably um because we're gonna be talking about the movie as this is a review podcast speaking of reviews is that what? that time? Review oh, time. Of course. Let's hear some reviews. So let's start off with some positive reviews. Let's get into a good mood. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, Kevin McCarthy with BDK Reviews, which uh, sidebar for those of my fellow murderinos reminds me of BTK, but whatever. BDK Reviews wrote, judging by the awful trailers, I did not think in a million years I would see a wonderful true story that perfectly balanced comedy and drama. Bullock was fantastic. Oh, uh, we're off to some disagreement. I, I yeah. <laughs> Graham Young of Birmingham Post said, some will find it overly sentimental, but it does succeed in pulling at the heartstrings. And Sandy proves she can really act. <laughs> oh, so, oh man, I'm all over the place. So it is. It does tug at the heartstrings. I will, I'll admit that. There's a lot of lines, as corny as some may be. I still think, oh, that's that's sweet. That's cute. I know. I agree. Like, yeah, there are some like sweet moments that you know get to me, but I wouldn't say it's like a and groundbreaking. <laughs> With Sandy's performance, I am right on the middle of it is a great performance and a terrible performance. Yeah, we'll get into that later. I disagree <laughs> with that part where it's she proves she can act. This is not the movie where she proves she can act. This is a movie like we, where she proves she can do an accent. Well, <laughs> I have issues as a as a tex as a former Texan, I have issues with that accent. Any southern accent, but yeah. Alex Zane 
of the Sun wrote, it's clumsy, obvious filmmaking, but then if you buy into it, well, it's kind of lovely, basic, and it's emotional button pushing. It's like, um, I thought it sucks, but like, I guess if you want to like it, you can like it. <laughs> if you don't like it, you won't like it. But if you do like it, you will like it. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Thanks. That's how feelings work. Yay. Was that all the positive reviews we found? That was all the positive reviews I found. There's more out there. Those were just our favorites. Let's go into the negatives. Deborah Ross, The Spectator. This is a horrid film, and I hated it. And while I suppose you, can, you can't argue with a true story, you can always argue with the way it was told. Mm. I um, love the passion and agree with the second half. Kate Roger of News Hub. It felt tired and cliched, and the frequent and obvious emotional button pushing failed to ignite any real response for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, the, the phrase button pushing is used so often with this movie. It's it's pretty ridiculous. Button pushing. I Yeah, I don't, it didn't push any buttons for me. Maybe it did, but not oh, in a good sense. It didn't sense. push buttons. It tugged at heartstrings, for sure. <laughs> Claudia Pugue for USA Today wrote... It superficially keeps it from being the moving story it could have been. Yeah, don't disagree. I don't I don't think it holds up as strongly in 2021 as it did in our very blinded eyes in 2009. It sure does Maybe not. Maybe not ours, but definitely whoever made this movie. Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah, now there is a very, very, very specific type of audience that would like this movie in 2021. You can probably guess what that audience is. You might have seen him at the Capitol on January 6th, whatever. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> yikes. Oh, man, that's Jessica's review. Uh, you only like this movie if you were at the Capitol on January 6th. <laughs> yikes oh okay okay um i don't know how any would follow up after jessica's review <laughs> of this movie oh my goodness uh um well i got one we'll try chris bumbray with joe blow's movie network our favorite uh movie network uh wrote this feels way too manipulative to be taken seriously <laughs> i can see that there's yeah. definitely like a uh, this is the beat in the movie. This is a beat. This is the beat. Because mm -hmm. we're pushing buttons and we like it. So I feel like the 2010 Oscars for Best Picture, at least half, if not more, are really good and they still hold up now. Our winner was The Hurt Locker, which that's Catherine a Bigelow. Movie. Catherine Bigelow, my girl. Avatar, which. I don't know. I feel like that as a like just a phenomenon itself stands up over Hurt Locker over time. We just were all really excited to like vote Hurt Locker over Avatar. Yeah, oh, I was. Especially because <laughs> Catherine Bigelow is the ex-wife of James Cameron and he treated her like shit. So Man. I wanted her to win and she did. And we got little Hawkeye Jeremy Renner. Yeah. Was, that was one of the first things we at least that was big it, Got him yeah. Oh yeah. 
I mean, that's Bigelow's. Like, I mean, that was just Hurt Locker's great. It's good. Um, we got Hurt Locker, Avatar. Oh wait, isn't Anthony Mackie also in Hurt Locker? He sure is. It was Hawkeye and Falcon. Oh my god! Oh, what a movie! What a flick! All right, those two. The Blind Side, District Nine. Oh, I love that movie. So good! It's such a good movie. An Education, Inglorious Bastards, Precious, based off the novel Push by Sapphire, A Serious Man, Up and Up in the Air. Up is so good. Up is, I mean, and phenomenal. Up in the Air also so good. Uh, I mean, those movies. I would say An Education. What I I remember seeing it. It's it was. I mean intense i don't know best picture worthy i mean yeah the blind side in that list just sticks out like a sore thumb for me okay yeah and, and honestly i do have to say too it's out of all those it's the one besides an education and serious man like the blind side those three are not talked about like they don't have any sort of i mean legacy other than the weird sandra bullock movie you know it's just it does it, it doesn't fit that list yeah i think everything else at least you know either holds up or we still talk about i don't think anyone talks about up in the air but that's true <laughs> but i i think it's a song i it's one of my ones i enjoy a lot yeah it's good it's yeah um so that year that sandra bullock won for best actress she was up against carrie mulligan for an education Okay. Uh, who I mean I love I love her um should she have won probably not I didn't uh, see that movie it, you don't need to okay uh, it's fine but you don't need to uh Helen Mirren for the last station didn't see that but Helen Mirren is solid Meryl Streep for Julie and Julia which um I mean it's Meryl Streep but it's like a fun performance and she's just like Julia Childs good for her Gabourey Sudebe for Precious, based on the novel Pushed by Sapphire. And Sandy won out of those, out of that group. To me, what's shocking is that Sudebe didn't win for Precious because that performance is, I mean, just incredible and gives you like every range of emotion. Like she is just bringing it throughout that movie. And to me, like that, that's the, um, performance the clear winner the performance that was it um so i mean to me i mean the oscars at least from the outside perspective looking in it looked like it was uh someone's first movie versus a like career win yeah it did also feel like sandra bullock is really really well liked and so i and i even thought this at the time it just kind of felt like oh well let's just give it to sandy let's give it to her we she's good but then you know a few years later gravity came out and that's a much better performance she also won a razzie for the blind side no she didn't win a razzie for the blind side she won a razzie for i think all about steve which oh. i think was the same year if i'm not mistaken we really sidetracked with all those best picture nominees yeah well you know it's oscar day so we had to get into it a little bit all right guys we're going to talk about our second chance with this movie. Now, Jessica, since it's been roughly about 10 years since you've seen it, what has changed? What do you like? What do you not like the second time around? Um, Let's talk about, as I know, I can already tell what you do not like is going to be a longer list. Yes. Let's get off of what we do like about this movie. Okay, yeah. There's 
that's that's the shorter list I can go through. <laughs> yeah, it seems I can already hear it in the tone of your voice. <laughs> um, so for as much flack and jokes we've been making about uh, Sandra Bullock winning an Oscar for this movie, I do like her in it. I think that she has this really nice blend of sass and uh, toughness and but also kindness and I so I, I like her performance is it Oscar worthy absolutely not but I like it you can tell she kind of has fun in certain moments with it she did bring some like compassion to the role and I like her I think she is entertaining to watch I'm indifferent about Sandra Bullock right off the bat I just could not I don't like this accent uh but it grows on me she has this face that always seems like she's mad at something um or just like like a sour face <laughs> and I, I think it just doesn't come off at least for the character that's supposed to be so kind and nice and open arms to be so like closed or you know I, it just seemed weird to me well I I don't like I see what you're saying but I do think that like she does have a toughness to her like she's she's a kind person but she's also like this tough southern gal like she's you know has tenacity she's not just like everyone come in I'll be your mother um so yeah I, but growing up in the south there's it's like two different people she's trying to be okay um I feel like that person can still be tough but also just have that friendly smile on her face and then turn when it's time rather than always having that like stern look on her face okay i see what you're saying i mean yeah maybe i have a different perspective because i didn't grow up in the south the accent doesn't like bother me but like you're right if it's not it's not great but like at least it doesn't fade in and out it is consistent unlike american hustle which we just talked about where jennifer lawrence's accent is all over the damn place i know this is not what you liked oh, no. i like sj he just brings so much energy into this movie. It's so obnoxious. Um, but he's just like, it's just energy. He's cute. He's little. He's funny. Uh, says funny things. But also, a lot of the things he says, I'm just like, you're a stupid kid. <laughs> um, so you're right. I don't like SJ. I think because they overused this kid. So SJ is... The, the young son of the Tui family, um, he really has a nice bond with Michael. They really like form a brotherhood really fast and Michael becomes his protective old, older brother and um, SJ really admires him and it's sweet. It is a sweet relationship and um, it, he does add some fun um, and some energy to it, but they just use him way too much. Like, at one point, this kid is teaching Michael about football plays. And it's like, this, he wouldn't, he, in real life, Michael was actually playing football before the Tuies, like the, he even met the Tuies. So that was kind of annoying just watching this like kid be like, and here's how you do this, just get out of here. And then also when like Michael is interviewing with potential colleges, we have SJ just in the room the whole time trying to make deals out of it too, to the point where SJ- What am I gonna get? Yeah, what am I gonna get out of this? And it's to the point where like, he's overshadowing Michael, who is like, made a made huge accomplishments. Yeah, um, he's just silly. 
Uh, they give him a lot of funny, goofy lines, uh, some which do not uh, go well. Is over the top. I just want to tap him on the head and just like time out. Yeah, Here, little snooze button for you. <laughs> go to your room. Calm down. So I will say one thing I did like about this movie is a very specific thing. Um, oh. So I'm just going to preface this by saying I hate football. I think it's dumb. I don't like it. I think the NFL is toxic. It's not Second for me. Chance Movies does not have that same opinion. Okay. <laughs> I, Jessica... We like popular things. I do not like football <laughs> whatsoever. I think football is toxic. Um, one thing I liked about this movie is that Michael's main issue to overcome in playing football is that he doesn't want to hurt people and like get super aggressive and I just find that like really endearing and something really refreshing to see when it comes to the topic of football that like he's not like tackling people right because he doesn't like want to hurt them he's like at one point picks up a player because he doesn't want to hurt him and then like I like that that's the thing he has to overcome about this game is like just like you're good you he's just need to like use your force and like he's a gentle like giant he's a gentle giant and he doesn't want to hurt people and i just find that like really sweet yeah until they are like the you know leanne and the coach kind of give him like there's two pep tops that really like get him to like football's top tier football status leanne is like to pretend like he's the family your team is your family and you need to protect them and then coach eventually like gives him some support of you know i think michael gets a flag and the coach defends the hell out of him like hey that's my player you know and michael finally sees that someone else is sticking up him like oh he is the family from then on out boom he's like the best football player there is yeah um maybe that brings us to what we don't like um the structure of this movie <laughs> I, I need a better like story flow um because like one i feel like this should be michael's story yes Leanne should be a side supporting character in this story it should be michael's how michael deals with you know someone adopting him him moving into a new family kind of becoming the poor low class to upper middle class like overnight and the adjustment that that is for him um because what we get is like a mix of him just him not from really his perspective but just viewing him and then uh leanne you know like talking to her family like, hey this is the decision i'm making and then bringing him in and it really becomes leanne's story after once we meet her Absolutely. Um, and that's why going back to the IMDb summary, I took issue with the fact that they say it's like the life of Michael Orr. It's not about the life of Michael Orr. <laughs> like it's no. about the two weeks and he's there, <laughs> you know? So that like, yeah, watching it this time around is honestly something that like was really upsetting because one, it's his life story. He should be the one we're following from like his you know his rough childhood all the way to like okay now I have all these new opportunities and and he utilizes them too and then like growing so it should have been about his journey fully not about like this white woman being like should I adopt a black child um so that I had a lot of issues what will with. people think 
what will people think? Oh no. Um, cause like that's way more compelling is this guy who in real life, like did struggle and did get adopted by a wealthy family. But like, if you think about it, just because he was adopted by a wealthy family doesn't mean he was guaranteed success he was given opportunities and utilized them and like i wanted more of that i want to know like what motivates him to you know study and work hard and like do all these things it's never about that it's it comes off as like the rich privileged people are telling him what to do so he does it as opposed to him like pulling himself up and surviving and then going to thrive because Michael's journey was very much pushed to the side. We also sort of like did the actual Michael Orr a disservice and not giving him the credit he deserves for having this terrible life, surviving, and then making the most out of opportunities. Like, cause that's what he did. He had opportunities in front of him because of the twoies that he could have straight up just been like, I ain't doing that. Like, he did it and he's the one playing it should be all about him i mean all about him but the focus should lean more towards him um because i think one of the things that's really nice about this movie is just him bonding with all these family members Mm -hmm. so he's living on the streets and he gets into this school from another friend this is where i get kind of weird on this issue yeah same so there's a guy, Big Tony, correct? That was the guy I, in the I beginning? Think, I think so. He's got a son that he's trying to put into this, like, Christian, uh, like, upper-class school. Son's friend is Big Mike, and, like, oh, we should get him into the school as well. But then as soon as that happens, we kind of don't have Big Tony around anymore. No, I don't or think we've ever friend, seen him again. No. Which is weird. Yeah. We never see them. We see them at, like, graduation, just okay. sitting behind them. And I think, oh... What happened to them the entire movie? (laughs) Right. Um, I would have just maybe sprinkled them in throughout. Maybe had them be like, hey, are you guys, are you doing okay? Because it's like, you know, we were friends like last year. Right. A couple months ago. That also like is something actually Michael Orr commented on was that the movie uh, didn't give credit to the people that were helping him survive before he got to the twoies and so yeah we should have uh you know whatever i don't even remember their names that's how little they're in this movie um or talked about like we should have some reflection on like there were people who were in underprivileged situations who still tried to help him so but that's not that's not there it's all about the twoies saving the day Yeah, the movie to me needs to be about opportunity and family. Yeah. Um, and him trusting people because these, you know, I guess these old friends he has disappear, abandon him as well. But he's living on the streets. The Tui's like, hey, are you, do you have any place to stay? And it's clear he does not have a place to stay. And she doesn't even give him the choice. You know, Leanne's like, get in the car. We're taking you to our house. You have somewhere warm to sleep tonight, which is nice. He's, you know, and we see that perspective from him, like, oh, I'm very nervous about this. You know, even if it doesn't match up with real life or the story that's being told right now is still nice. It's, you know, some families taking him in and, you know, he gets to like, you know, like he's nervous, quiet about it. I like this like quiet, sheltered big dude that's just like, I don't, I'm not 
comfortable in this situation. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the story, getting closer to the family, he opens up more to people and become, you know, and then from that, you know, familiarity with everyone just becomes more confident, um, yeah. which I don't think is the real life or because from what I've read or was always a confident person. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's not right. But aside from real life, just reviewing this movie, I like that he's this like quiet, shy kid that, you know, opens up more with his family just being kind to him. Yeah, you know, I will say one thing that I found very sweet was, uh, you know, everyone in the beginning is referring to him as Big Mike because he's so tall. He's this big I was like, kid. Oh, what a stupid name. Stop right. calling him that. And uh, at a moment, like when he's being very quiet, just getting to like kind of know the family, um, Sandra Bullock's character is like trying to ask him questions about himself. He's being very shy. And she goes, just tell me one thing about you. Just one thing. And he goes, I don't like to be called Big Mike. And she goes, okay, well then I'm going to call you Michael. And like, I just thought that's like a really sweet sort of way to like get to, to know something about him and get past his shyness. I don't know. I did like that. Um, yeah. Once she gave him that like little amount of like respect, he opened up to her really mm-hmm. easy. Like, okay. Oh, she doesn't want to just call me the goofy name Big Mike anymore. Yeah. She wants Good. to treat me like a person. Like that's. And, he, you know, I I do like the the shyness plays well into, like, him adapting to this new life. But, I yeah, I would have sort of rather had it be more about, like, trust, like you said, like, trusting. Because so many people in his life have abandoned him. Um, so less, like, I'm, I'm shy, I'm scared, and more, like, like, what do you want? Like, what, yeah, you're giving me a place to stay, but what do you want from me in return? Because, yeah, something? I think the best moments are him interacting with people, like, building the trust. The movie should have been just him interacting with all these people and all these people affecting him. So one thing that, like, really upsets me the most about this movie as well is that we learn everything about him through the people around him especially in the beginning so that's very annoying and I again feel like just makes Michael Orr like almost this like this like background character that's just like feel like the lead he feels like a supporting character in his own story yeah which is really upsetting so like when like when he first gets to the school the teachers and the faculty are the ones that are telling us all about like oh well he has this GPA he did this in school he did this he can't do like it's like all the backstory is being told through other people which I don't care for at all um and then like we start to learn we don't even like get the full picture of like where he came from we get it through like tiny tiny flashbacks like at one point even Sandra Bullock uh is in the process of adopting him and she uh is talking to a social services worker and it's him who's like oh yeah, his mom had a a drug problem, had a bunch of kids. I would have rather had it, not necessarily like Michael telling us about his story, I would have rather like seen it or known it from him, not from people around him talking about it. Cause that makes him feel less than a person. It's more just like someone we're talking about rather than understanding what he went through. One thing that bothers me as a video game player is when she refers to the video game system as a play box. <laughs> I know that oh. took me a while to understand what she was even saying. I was like, 
play box like, so i don't know if this is like we don't have the rights to say the word playstation or oh, xbox maybe. so let's just smash them together <laughs> or she's just an ignorant mom i don't understand the video games on the tv <laughs> the movie images and the controllers i don't get it the gamer inside me was like you gotta at least know just like just say the word video games or be the you know, be the super old adult in their like 60s that only refers to every video game as the Nintendo. Are you playing that Nintendo? Oh, here's a cute scene where they visit a Borders. Uh, Borders is closed, guys. That's one thing exist. I liked about this movie was having the nostalgia over Borders. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it is fun watching older movies and like, you know, Oh, hey, that doesn't exist anymore. Oh, Blockbuster, that's not a thing. Yeah. Mm. It was just cute seeing, like, the kids sitting in the aisle looking at books. And like, reading oh, books. Take me back. So one thing that I am just confused about is it's like, football is brought into this movie, like, an hour and a half into this movie. This movie is just too long. We should trim this movie up a lot. Because, mm -hmm. um, yeah, we're. I think I wrote it down. Hour and 22 minutes. We are done with Michael's first game. He's finally had his first game an hour and a half into this movie. What the hell? I thought this movie was about him learning football. Is it about the family or is it about football? What is it about? Because you've got six things we're juggling and we're not focused. Why was Leanne a better coach than coach? Yeah, coach, what you doing? It's, this is your job. This is your job. Yeah. Also, I like that, like, I like it in a sort of, uh, she has another Karen moment where they're playing a game and she calls <laughs> the coach on his cell phone and is like, why are you playing this? Do it this way. And like, again, I don't understand football, so I don't get what she's telling him to do, but she's like, run this play, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, oh my God, girl. <laughs> uh, she was she was telling him, I think, to run the ball. Uh, so, sure. <laughs> I mean, I could if explain so. how football works to you, but Please I don't, don't think you want to learn that. I don't. <laughs> but essentially, Michael's position is best suited for blocking players from tackling the quarterback. And especially with Michael being as big as he was and that he carried that kid across the entire field, which was awesome. Um, if he's doing that, blocking the one player that's coming after the quarterback, quarterback could just follow Michael and run that play instead of trying to throw it to someone who could get tackled. So sure. she was just like, again, it was coach being stupid and her like, coach, <laughs> run a play that works. And he's like, oh, stop calling me. Why he took that call, I do not know. I feel like if you're a coach, you would not be taking so. Oh, yeah? No, I'm not busy at all. <laughs> Oh, those, hey, what's that's up? Just, what's it's just a football game. My <laughs> only job is to coach these kids, and this is the prime time to do that, but I can talk. <laughs> Doesn't he also get promoted to become like an assistant coach at University of Mississippi where Michael's going? I feel like I, that's sad. I'm gonna let you know I'm I wasn't paying attention more towards the end. Okay. It was just like fair. Oh man, this movie has gone on just a long time. Yeah, it has. The editing is also super weird. Like, there are scenes where, like, okay, that nothing came of that. <laughs> like, the pacing's weird, the editing's weird, uh, the they structure's have a lot of weird. Heart-heartstring moments, heart-tugging heart scenes. But yeah, they just didn't 
push the buttons the right way to cut. They this. did not. I think um, the like the pieces were there for it to have been something really good, but something oh, happened along the way. So one thing that really struck a nerve with me was the music. The music in this movie it feels like Hallmark movie, like made for TV. It does not feel like a real production of a movie, or at least fit the tone of this movie. Truly, though, this movie airs on the side of Lifetime movie than it does Best Picture movie. Yeah. For sure. Oh, man. It was... It was rough. I was just like, <laughs> can we get, like, any type of, like, feel-good music in here? It's not... Because you, it's so sappy, most of the movie, for in, like, the best ways. But, like, <laughs> we don't get that sappy, melodramatic music that we would mm -mm. get in, like the OC or like Friday Night Lights <laughs> and like give us that give us those like slow motion moments like dun 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 <laughs> and just like ah oh, he's gonna do it he's doing it yay and like no we don't get that at all so Joe yes do you think the blind side should be given a second chance that's a tough question mm. and because I have this rep outfit um sorry podcast listeners you didn't get to see me in this extremely tight ref outfit uh it's been so hard to breathe in this um i've got to give my judgment on this call okay yeah i don't have a whistle give us it's the, the flag or, or whatever they do so refs do usually have typically have whistles uh, for someone who doesn't watch sports okay um Hey, I watch baseball, so I know I knew the. I guess the, well, there's thing. not refs in baseball. There's umpires. There's but, ums, but they have whistles. Do they? I don't, I don't know. Think I think they just shout because they don't need a whistle. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Continue. Continue, ref. So I've got to get my call. So mm -hmm. I think this is a good movie. I think this is good to watch if you're like I want something that like is feel good. Is it a great movie? No. <laughs> is it entertaining sure once was enough so i would say no need for no need for a second chance um if you're interested go for it it's not the worst thing it's entertaining but yeah um it does not get a second chance for me okay all right um you know i think that once was enough i think if you haven't seen it you don't need to. Okay. I think if you want a feel-good movie, there's a lot of there, better ones. <laughs> there's, there's definitely better feel-good movies. So if you're looking for feel-good, you could go somewhere else. If you're looking for a Sandra Bullock joint, you can go somewhere else. If you want a good sports movie, this isn't it. It's um, not a sports movie. It's not a sports movie. Very little sports in it. Very little sports, even though it's a about the life of Michael or whatever. Um, I say do not give it a second chance. It does not hold up well over time. Um, the flaws of it are just even more obvious now. Um, and yeah, if you haven't seen it, don't worry about it. Yeah, if you haven't seen it by now, there's other things out there. Thank you for listening. And thank you for listening to our award season little mini series we had. Um, it was a time. I'll just say that. Uh, award-winning, if you will. Award-winning time. 
As always, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Second Chance Movies. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. Um, and if you want to follow us personally, our social medias are in the descriptions of this episode. A big, big thank you to BD McBeatface for making our dope intro song that we absolutely love. We love that song. We love that song. Um, and yeah, if you like what you're hearing so far, please uh, rate and review us. That always helps. Uh, share us. Yeah, tell friends there. about us. Tell friends about us. Hey, uh, we like yeah. their opinions. Or we don't like their opinions. Listen how stupid their opinions are. Whatever. Hey, we want to talk about movies. If you have any thoughts on movies, let us know those thoughts. Uh, let us know what movies you'd like to hear us give a second chance to. What you'd like to hear us talk about. Yeah, we're open. Clearly. <laughs> we yeah. did the blind side. We'll watch anything. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. And we'll we'll be back next Sunday with another Second Chance movie. Sunday football!